Rodgers, almost going to fall for Martinez. Antonov trying to get there. Martinez finishes to give away the man. It's an absolute peach from the Paraguayan, Miguel Almiron. Atlanta United in just their second year of existence have won MLS Cup. Our final to Patrick. Did you get that casserole? It's cooling off. It'll be set. It'll, you know, while we record now, it'll be set. And that makes it uh-huh. nice. And, you know, you can't cut into the casserole too early. It's all runny. You know, uh-huh. you know how this is. Uh-huh. I'm well, a homemaker. Joe Patrick, we're going to cut in that casserole, that, that metaphorical casserole way wow. too early right now. We're going to dive right into it and get into the fact that Lady United gets a two nothing win over inner Miami their first win since what was it Chicago Forever? on May 7th yeah and that's their right. second win since uh, well, that's United not, back that's in the first week that's of not April including the the American Family Insurance Cup when they, when they hung the banner today they did hang the banner today. If you were looking for it and couldn't find it, well, that's because <laughs> it, it was probably about like four by five, I think, if I had to guess. <laughs> Darren was really proud of it. He came in the, the press box before the uh He was the game started to, to showing out Taylor, Taylor Twelman and uh, John Champion. He was really, really excited <laughs> about this about this joke. I mean, Darren loves his jokes. You know, so oh, it was a great bit, though. A troll like, objectively about, yeah, good bit. Trolling NYCFC, if anybody's unfamiliar, but um, yeah, uh-huh. pretty funny. And, sh- and shout out AmFam for uh, being cool with that. <laughs> good work, AmFam. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. You know, it was funny. Like when I was I was at the game, me and Doug were basically. Oh no, Felipe was there. Um, did he leave? I can't, anyway, I can't remember. But uh, even like some of the LA United staffers. Not even like we're joking about the fact that they were like they were like shooting off confetti for winning this MLS Cup. It was pretty funny. In fact, the the joke that I put about the Pachuca players standing out there to uh, you know <laughs> under, feel the pain so they don't experience it again that didn't even that came from uh, somebody who works for Atlanta United. So everybody was having a good time <laughs> with it. Good work, everybody. Good work. Atlanta does technically win a trophy in that one. Good job, everyone there. Good job, to Kurt Castle. On the intro, yes, the song thanks, is Chances. You can check out Kurt on Spotify and anywhere else you find music. I'm sure they've got a show coming up sometime soon. Hopefully, Kurt Castle on Spotify, wherever else you find music. A few housekeeping things to get to for we start this whole thing off. Patreon.com slash five stripe final is your place for all sorts of extra audio and other fun things that we do on there as well as your way to join the world famous five stripe final discord. A couple of good interviews coming up this week and maybe the next couple weeks. We're going to talk to Felipe Cardenas, the athletic Sam Stashkal of the athletic as well. Felipe, we're going to go through everything happening. Let's hope, let's hope the athletic never starts a podcast so that way they just keep on coming on five stripe (laughs) final. (laughs) Uh, They have like uh, four of them at this point. I think actually I I, I listened to one podcast that had Sam on it to explain the TV deal. And then I was like, Oh, I want to see what the other podcast has to say. And I flipped over and Sam was on that one. So we're going to get Sam Stashkal on to talk about the TV deal in particular. I think we'll probably focus on what that TV deal means in particular for Atlanta United. And you know what? I'm going to go and add that right now to business time. It's business. Good idea. It's business time. Always, always thinking ahead. Business time, Joe Patrick. Not always thinking ahead because I just yes, came up with it right now and didn't put anything about it. Ahead, in the 
time. <laughs> I'm going to try to pull all of this off the top of my head to at least give some kind of rundown. MLS makes a deal with Apple TV to have their media rights for the next 10 years starting in 2023. We're talking a $2.5 billion deal between MLS and Apple to have everything MLS on Apple TV. That's every game with no blackout restrictions, no location restrictions. Anywhere in the world, you can watch MLS. You can see every single MLS game. That obviously changes uh, things in a pretty big way for not only MLS, but will probably be looked back upon as something that shifts the sports landscape as Mm -hmm. well because other leagues are going to look and say, okay, if we can make these kind of partnerships and and deliver the content in a single place, that's a pretty big benefit to us. They'll probably be keeping an eye on MLS as this kind of moves along, but an extremely unique and I think forward thinking deal. The the reception for me and everyone else I talked to was overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine is mine is too. Um, I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for a better MLS TV product uh, because mm-hmm. it's something I've been frustrated with for many years, as, as well as I'm sure so many other fans of this league. It's so annoying when you tune into a game and it looks pixelated. It's just, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Some some regional broadcasts look better than others. Um, I was really encouraged by the Apple. Uh, the Braves did their Friday night baseball game on Apple like a month ago or so. Looked amazing. And if it brings yeah. even a, you know, a fraction of that quality to the broadcasts, uh, it's going to be a great product that I think people are going to love. You can basically think of it like, the Premier, like the Premier League on NBC Sports in terms of just having some having announcers around the league that you're familiar with or you grow familiar with through hearing them, you know, coverage of the league as a whole by reputable analysts and the in-depth kind of graphics and detail into games, you know, preview, review, all that kind of stuff. I just think I just cannot I cannot wait for it. I wish it started immediately. <laughs> I'm like, right. it kills me that we have to wait till t- yet next year for it. Next year when that starts, MLS will have to produce their entire production arm by themselves over the next few months, which is extremely a tall task, to say the yeah, least. So we'll talk to a lot Sam of more about that, about how they're going to have to throw that all together really, really quickly. I've seen some concerns about what this might mean for local broadcasters, right? And obviously folks in Atlanta are concerned about uh, Kevin and Modu and Joel Sakovitz. Good news is, one, those folks got other things going on in the first place. Right. Yeah. We, we see yeah. Jill and Kevin and Mo pop up everywhere now. The other thing is, if they want to do MLS, they're good enough to do MLS. MLS will be more be- than happy to welcome them in to to whatever they want them to do. Kevin I- would rule the whip around show. He'd be amazing. They would be crazy not to hire Kevin to do games and studio coverage, which he's done a ton of in his career, going back to be in sports. I mean, Kevin can do it all. And I think um, from his perspective, I think the only challenge is like, can he fit it in with the other stuff that he's doing? Like you mentioned, Julian is always is already really um, in with MLS. I would be shocked if Mm -hmm. she's not part of this. And same with Mo. I mean, Mo's covering U.S. men's national team. I would be shocked if he wasn't a part of this uh, in in one form or fashion. Uh, In fact, I think a studio show with with Mo Adu might be something like he's been doing with. uh, I think he's been on the Paramount Plus stuff uh, covering U.S. men's national team games, part of that crew. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's I, I just cannot wait for it all to start. It's a cord cutter's dream. It's, you know, what people have been 
complaining about for so long. And the other thing that gives me hope about the product is that Apple also has a huge vested interest in making it a success because they're going to want to sign these deals with other leagues as well. But other leagues, like you mentioned, are going to want to like look at this and see how this performs and how the product mm-hmm. is. And so there's a definite interest in both on both sides to make it the best possible product, which I don't think has been the case necessarily with like ESPN sometimes with games. I know that's been like a there's been some friction with the league and some of their broadcast partners. So I think the the kind of uh what's the corporate word they use the uh synergy synergies between you know the interests on both sides is uh really encouraging it is it is uh you talked about just the the product quality improving every single game should be i think what they said is 1080p which is just an improved uh <laughs> improved uh sharpness and, and clarity of the picture quality um that we'll be seeing throughout all of this uh everything should be better it should mean more money. It will mean more money for MLS. Uh, essentially, what this means is that teams have gone from about two and a half million worth of broadcast revenue a year, right? That sometimes teams themselves were putting back into the broadcast to create them, right? So really yeah. kind of a drop in the bucket to about 10 million, all considered without having to put those broadcast funds uh into their own personal broadcast, mm, right? Yeah, uh, so yeah, you'll get yeah. it. You'll get to have that ten million in a league where, literally, like I, I think Real Salt Lake's entire roster <laughs> has a salary of ten million <laughs> this year. An extra ten million dollars is a really big thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. No matter how you kind of dispense it, I mean, it's not all going to go to salaries, right? Most likely, right? Sure, but that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal, and even and if it's not going to salaries, it can go into academies, it can go into training mm-hmm. facilities. You know, there are so many positive things that it can go into. Um, yeah, it's just really encouraging. More money for the league yep. means it's growing, and it's a good thing. Uh, if you're a season ticket holder, worry not. You already have a subscription to Apple TV. Brilliant by being a season ticket holder. Great Brilliant idea. Move. Wonderful idea. Never would have thought mm-hmm. of it personally. Brilliant idea. I remember something like that was floated around a while ago and I can't remember by who, but it just made a lot of sense at the time. And I wonder if this person I'm thinking of actually had some influence in in making this happen Hmm. now that I think about it. Um, But really solid idea. And, you know, the idea is to invest in the market you already have and to to spread things by word of mouth because, you know what, Zoomers aren't like flipping through TV anymore. Right. And and they're not going to turn on an MLS game and just stop and be like, wow, I think I'm into this now. Right. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to be through the communities. It's going to have to be through the cultures that build and, and investing back into those, I think, is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people have been worried about growth. Like, you know, w- will this uh, deal stifle growth because you're only kind of going after people who are already interested in MLS because you're going to have to charge a fee for them to watch a game. But I think them being on a more universal entertainment platform like Apple Plus or TV or whatever the app is, I think that that's actually you're actually exposing yourself to more people uh, who might Mm -hmm. be interested and there will still be plenty of free content. I'm sure it's not going to be 100 percent paywall. That would be dumb on their part. Like they want some free content to help market the product for themselves. And I think that actually being on the Apple Plus platform is a positive as opposed to like ESPN Plus. I only ever use ESPN Plus if I know exactly what I'm like clicking it to watch as to where a lot of people yeah. will open up Apple plus because they want something to watch for sure. For sure. And to clarify too, there will still be games on ESPN and Fox potentially. Yeah. Those deals are still being worked out. It'll add extra revenue into it. Those would just uh, be like the national see. games, right? Like that right. currently totally. exist. Yeah. 
but they will be simulcast at the same time. Oh, that's right? cool. So, so you'll still be able to find them on Apple TV. It also, what it does, it does lessen the value of those uh, linear TV deals, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but who cares at that point, right? Uh, so, right. <laughs> uh, lots of uh, there's a ton to dig into with yeah, that. Can't wait to talk um, to Sam uh, about this. For sure, for sure, and we'll have it again. patreoncom slash five stripe final jesus this is going to be like a, a three-hour show for and like <laughs> two parts of it are going to be like actually about the game um because guess what joe patrick the world cup is coming Ho-ho. that's right soccer fans and fans of waiting for things for four years for things to happen uh it's coming am i the o- it's coming I, you just have to wait a bit am i the only one who's thinking like man i hope i'm alive when it comes around <laughs> I hope the planet exists, know, yeah. Joe Patrick. Right? Wait, um, four years is a long time. We barely made it the however, last four years. If we all are here, uh, uh-huh. it will be amazing. I cannot wait. It will be amazing. We were at the event on Thursday. When Thurs- was that? Yeah, yeah, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On Thursday, I wrecked my car parking. Uh, I'm fine. <laughs> Those uh, curves come out of nowhere. They, they do. They do. Uh, but other than that, a good event. Um, other than some of the, the people who showed up, a good event. Um, and, it was fine. Uh, it was positive vibes. People, work, it was people positive working together. Vibes. I don't know how much they're uh-huh. actually working on these things. I don't know how much they're working on these things either. <laughs> anyway, uh, the important thing is that uh, Lydia is going to host a World Cup game. Yeah. Uh, Head 17 asked for our thoughts, takeaways from the announcement. Any surprise cities chosen or not? Uh, and what teams would you most want to see in Atlanta or in person? Uh, I have no idea about that. Obviously, you want the USMNT, but we can say that we know for a fact that Atlanta is working and still pushing to host a semifinal game. We know that when the initial pitch for the North American World Cup bid was put forward. Atlanta was listed as a semifinal team, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Dallas was the other, and New York would be the final. So we don't know this for sure yet, but we know that in the initial pitch, Atlanta was a semifinal mm-hmm. host. Yeah. And it'd be, I kind of think it's going to happen. I think it's going to That's my gut I, call I, right I, now. I think it's going to happen too. I don't want to get everybody's hopes up, but I. I, my hopes will be dashed if, uh, if it's not a semifinal at this point. Atlanta has so many things going for it. You've got the retractable roof, which means that for TV, you're not going to have any delays in the middle of the summer when pop-up thunderstorms can happen across the country. You, that's not going to be a problem with Atlanta. Of course, you know, they're not the only stadium that has that. You know, SoFi is, has a you know glass ceiling over it um dallas obviously has the retractable roof as well but also atlanta something that's huge that it has going for it which fifa officials that came to atlanta last september talked about and they were really banging the drum on this Mm -hmm. was that atlanta is in the urban the The atlanta streetcar yeah yeah (laughs) um they they were just like Loving the fact that Mercedes-Benz Stadium's in the middle of the city, which is not the case for really mm. any of these other big sporting stadiums for obvious reasons. Why? Right. Like land is harder to right. come by in less dense or in Hartman, more dense places. Atlanta has, has that going for it. Great for drone shots. So uh, <laughs> so um, no, no, not just the drone yeah. shots. It's the walkability to the stadium from the hotels, all that stuff. Obviously, right. Atlanta has all the facilities as well, training wise and all that. So, yeah. Plus, it uh, that 
walkability and, and the things around the stadium should be improved. My understanding is that, you know, part of this is working to get the Gulch kind of finished up by that point, by 2026, to really have that kind of filled out with all the, the bars and everything that are going to be there eventually. Right. So it, it should improve everything. Atlanta's going to have grass for a little bit. Don't worry. They're not going to have to not play in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They can play in the stadium while they install that grass and everything like that. It's not going to stay. Yeah. It's going to go away after the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? When Get grass for a little so bit. So when they do the next turf re- replacement, which happens every two years, and I can't remember if they'll be doing that. It will happen not after this year. But it will happen next year before the following. So they just replaced the turf. This is the first year of Atlanta United playing on the current turf in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But when they do it next time, they will install irrigation. And from the way it sounded to me, the next time the turf is put in, the 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 surface will actually be raised a little bit just because of the stuff that they're going to install to make it grass friendly. Uh, and mm-hmm. then they will install the grass. What they say, like April or May or Probably not May, April, March. The grass or March will or come April. in in February. Oh, in February. Okay, yeah. So it would come yep. in at that point, and they would grow it. And I'm sorry, did you say Atlanta United's going to play on the grass? Emerson's, that's my understanding. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what it Darren makes sense. Said it would make us. sense. You would want players to actually play on it. You know, I don't know if that helps yeah. break in the grass, but at least it would give FIFA people it may like, be feedback on limited how it is. in some aspects. Yeah, right. Like they may like play limited home schedule at that point. Yeah, but, oh, they could do that. Um, yeah, should be fine. Yeah. Should be fine. Um, they said they couldn't do grass permanently for a couple of reasons. Obviously, the sunlight, you know, that's a big thing everybody talks about. You just can't grow grass inside that stadium. The other issue is that with the scheduling with Atlanta United and Falcons happening on back to back days, you wouldn't be able to get the grass if you were to like have a system where you like bring it in for like a soccer game and then take it out. You just can't do that fast enough for like an Atlanta United game on a Saturday night followed by a Falcons game. On a Sunday. So uh, and concerts, they also mentioned being an issue that affects us. So that's the that's the shame of it being a, a multi-use venue. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, any other things, any other takeaways, any surprise cities chosen or not chosen? Patrick? Um, well, I mean, obviously, there was the big surprise of the nation's capital not being <laughs> not being selected, <laughs> which if you had paid attention to that bit at all, you, you knew that they were in trouble. They were in big well, trouble. Why don't with you? Because I don't. What, what, what's the, what was the story there? Uh, essentially, everyone looked at FedEx Field, uh, which is the home of, of the commanders, <laughs> and, and like, said, no wow, no, <laughs> let's not. It's forever away from the actual city, right? Mm. And, uh, you know, every now and then it just decides to pour raw sewage out <laughs> on the one fans. one thing I remember about that stadium. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it uh, wasn't ideal. So Washington ended up doing a joint bid with Baltimore where they're like, hey, the stadium and the games will be in Baltimore, but we'll do all the fan fest stuff in D.C. <laughs> because those are the same cities <laughs> and they're easy to get to and definitely not a nightmare to get to on the loop or the belt or whatever they call it there. Right. It's got to have some name for it. Um, It's something like that. Beltway. I think it's the beltway. Um, So yeah, no, that was, they were doomed from the start there. They they should not have been surprised at all. And Um, Boston, I guess was the surprise that got one, right. That they weren't as expected to get. Yeah. That was, that was kind of a surprising one Uh, for sure, but they've, they've hosted a bunch of world cup stuff before they've got the infrastructure. That's true. Yeah. 
maybe just maybe I don't know. It'll be some kind of impetus for the refs to actually get a real stadium. Seems like soon. St. Louis was a surprise as well to some. I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't really interested in. Or I didn't like know any of the backstories about these. <laughs> Atlanta was the focus. Right. Atlanta got and it. I would say we get to celebrate four years. To go now. back to the question, I had a great time hanging out with you, Sam. Hanging out with Felipe, Doug, just the other media that were there. I just thought it was uh, good vibes at the actual event. Just Sam, Doug, Joe, Felipe, the four <laughs> horsemen the, of Atlanta United Media. Sydney was there watching from Becky South G Soccer. together. Right, watching Sydney Becky was there. G. Oh man, I'll never forget those times. I'll never forget that. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, look, exciting stuff. We'll have a ton of stuff leading up to the build-up for that. But that's four years from now. Let's let's move on to something a little more present. Uh, first and foremost, no injuries to report for Atlanta United. Joe, you got any injuries to report for Atlanta United? <laughs> I was going to say, I've got one injury I'm carrying myself. That came from that media yeah, game. Well, uh, yeah. Just like, a, I, I guess, a knock. You know, to take, bring it back to the mm-hmm. Stephen Glass day. I'm just carrying a knock. It just won't go away. Um, but yeah, no, no. Oh, yeah, we, did do, we didn't mention the media game, by the way. We did do that yeah. the other day. Yeah. Thanks to Club for that. Did a little wrap up on, that, the on the public pod. Yeah, if you, we got a public wrap, sign, we got a wrap up. Sign up there. for the Patreon. He'll hear a little bit of Darren Eels, a little bit of Felipe, just talking about the game, all uh-huh. that stuff. It was a good time. Um, Joe Patrick, first half MVP. Yes, that's right. That's right. Sam Jones on, on the score sheet at least once. Not terrible. Not you terrible. played well. Could have been far worse. You were a stallion out there, Sam. I was very. I'm, I'm still tired. I'm still tired. Um, uh, hopefully, some guys also getting some touches in on the Atlanta United training ground pitch soon. Two new guys, Joe Patrick. It looks like. It looks like, and it seems like all the rumors are pointing towards this. Raul Godinho from Chivas Guadalajara, a goalkeeper, 26 years old, seems to be on his way to Atlanta and should join when the secondary transfer window opens on July 7th. A few folks reporting that now. He, from my understanding, has appeared for Chivas a pretty decent amount of time, 79 times mm-hmm. over the past four seasons. Kind of fell out of favor. Has, has played for the Mexican national team. Yeah, El Tri. And played for the next match team as well. Mm-hmm. Right? So essentially, like, if we're getting Mexico's Ethan Horvath or whatever, it, it <laughs> yeah. seems like an upgrade, <laughs> right. right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that this, just the age and profile of who he is, I think it signals that he could be a guy who's the kind of heir apparent to Brad Guzan, potentially. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how Rocco Rios Novo no, Novo uh, performs over you know the next few weeks until he can officially join the team, which he cannot do. They can announce him. They can announce him as a new signing because he's a free agent and he can join the team in training, but he wouldn't be able to play in games until the secondary transfer window opens, which I think is July 9th, I want to say. something July. It's July single digit. And I think mm-hmm. it's an odd number. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> July, July 7th. So, so Rocco Rios right? Novo is going to play he's gonna get like definitely the next three games it seems um seems like he's the new starting goalkeeper for this team so it'll be very interesting to see how he figures into Godinho but um it seems mm-hmm. like he's going to be the heir apparent he's 26 he's in his prime could very well come here and, and play very well and kind of be the the new guy in between the sticks obviously Brad Guzan's gonna be here for another year but I think just you know we had a doctor or I guess not technically a doctor, a medical professional talk about uh, Achilles injuries and it didn't make it sound good for Brad. Um, Just at his age and the fact that his literal job is to like be leaping from side to side, not conducive to a repaired Achilles. So, um, but hope he can, you know, we'll see what happens with him, but he sounds to me like he's going to be more of just a, uh, like a team leader 
club captain type next year. And uh, it'll kind of be between Godinho and potentially Novo. I mean, let's remember Rocco Rios Novo is still only on loan as well. So we don't even know if he'll be around next year. So I think that's a good deal. Uh, you want me to just go right into the center back, Sam? We got uh, Tigres center back Juan Jose Sanchez Porata set to join Atlanta United on loan, according to uh, Tuta Ene. Um, and he's going to come in on a loan with an option to buy for Atlanta, so seems pretty low risk if they like what they mm-hmm. if they like what they see, they can you know buy outright, but no need to, and why not add the extra depth when you need it? Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, he made 13 appearances last year for Tigres. Um, and that's kind of it, right? <laughs> like, I think four of those were going to become the first team. That's kind of all we know, right? Yeah. It, it's a pretty under-the-radar guy. It, it kind of reminds me of where Cisneros was, right? As far as, like, notoriety and just kind of not being able to break into the first team and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, interesting to see Atlanta United kind of continue to go to Mexico. Yeah, it is. As, really as a, a new resource, market. essentially. Mm-hmm. It is. And we know that they hired a scout named Tom Marshall mm-hmm. to join the team and kind of help with that. He was a journalist covering Liga Emekis, right? That's right. That That's correct. Yep. Before he was a scout, yep. right? So, so clearly a lot of knowledge there, and they're clearly going to that well. Mm-hmm. So far, other than one, <laughs> one sign I can think of, <laughs> it's gone pretty well. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure that that relationship will continue to grow with the league and with those teams and, and it should be a good thing in the long term speaking of that Jurgen Dam since we've last did a podcast uh, Jurgen Dam's on loan with or not on loan on trial with Club America potentially could make their team is he really yeah, yeah. wow yep. well best of luck to Jurgen in secu- securing a contract the reports were like um the reports like emphasize this is not a long term deal. He would be getting a six month to one year contract. <laughs> like, I mean, because it doesn't really affect Atlanta. He's completely off the payroll. The only yeah. thing that Atlanta United has to do is that or has to do with this is that he continues to train. It appears at Atlanta United. They're leaving their facilities mm-hmm. open to him to just have a home to keep himself in shape, I guess, out of the kindness of their hearts. They don't have to do that. But um, yeah, best of luck to him. For sure. For sure. Best of us like right now, Joe Patrick, as we head into Sports Prime Game Time. Sports Prime Game Time, 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 Sports Prime Game Time. Sports Prime Game Time. Sports Prime Game Time. Joe Patrick. We get a win. We won. We get a win. I, I think I think well executed by and large. I think enjoyable to watch mm-hmm. by and large. I think everything they need to do, they did. And a lot of bright spots, honestly. <laughs> honestly right i feel kind of bad it's weird i feel kind of bad because after a win especially when this team hasn't won in a long time you want to really dig into every aspect of it i don't know i just feel like it was like really solid game by pretty much everybody nobody played poorly um Mm. i would say nobody really maybe stood out like amazingly either but it was just like i don't know it was just like a solid good team win and that i guess maybe tends to happen when you're playing against 10 men for an hour but I mean, they still went out there and won the game, so 
not always, right? Yeah, Montreal right. lost to, to Austin this weekend up 10 men, right? Like it, it, it can look rough at times uh, when, when things change like that. And it didn't really get that much more cluttered for Atlanta United when they tried to get the ball forward. It did a little bit. That's to be expected, right? And it didn't really result in anything big for Inter-Miami as far as chances it's go. Gonna sound, Everything was good. It's going to sound crazy, but I feel like Atlanta United almost like looked better when it was 11 v. 11. I like They really... No, they did. They You're really right. were on Miami from the get-go of the game, and they scored in the fourth minute uh, a great goal from Luis Araujo. Uh, Joseph Martinez latching on to a, a bad back pass. I guess that was forced by Franco Ibarra. Not sure. No. no? Okay, I didn't think so. <laughs> it was I just Taylor so making a horrible decision. <laughs> um, um, but, you know, great job by Joseph. And, um, you know, creating a break out of those kinds of situations, what you have to do to beat a team like Inter Miami, who's generally going to sit back, be compact, be organized. You're not going to score a lot of goals like passing through that kind of defensive setup. The way that you have to try to attack those teams is by doing exactly what they did, creating, forcing a bad pass or just, you know, taking advantage of a bad pass or a mistake and then boom, going really quickly. And I feel like I was telling Doug this, I feel like Liverpool is really good at doing this in the Premier League where it's like that counter pressing. As soon as they force a mistake, they're on the other team. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's like what Atlanta United did for that first goal. For sure. For sure. They They made the most of it. Uh, it was a little bit frustrating at first when I kind of saw the back pass goes towards Louise. I didn't quite know what he was going to do with it, right? The little cutback that Joseph had because there was no one really in front mm-hmm. of him at that point, right? And I was like, oh, man, they're going to get this great chance and, and maybe not do anything with it. But then Louise hit it the first time and threw a damn slider at it, <laughs> yeah. right? Like the, the, the behind the goal camera shot of it, saw that thing break like. 10 feet it was awesome <laughs> uh, just an incredible finish it's the kind of finish that we tell y'all Louise doesn't practice all the time and y'all don't believe us because <laughs> you just haven't seen him that much <laughs> lately right um really really impressive joe it's just one of those things where like when's the last time we just kind of left the game being like content right yeah you know yeah. It, it feels good honestly it probably feels that good. chicago game um but yeah it, it does yeah. feel good the el- we should co- does, we should start calling Luis Araujo the elder because after the game I was asking about like all the young players that the team was playing with and he was like yeah I used to be young but now I'm 26. <laughs> <laughs> it hit deep for me as someone who was 26. I was like damn I feel that I do I do. Um, Luis played well. What did we think of Ronaldo Cisneros on the opposite wing? You know, I thought he had an interesting game. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't perfect, obviously, but I am encouraged by just kind of the way it looks tactically, where he's a player who wants to drive forward and and run at those back lines and get in behind with his speed. And Joseph Martinez, we know that he's wanting to drop off a little bit and play one twos with other other players and i feel like it just works well in that respect it, i kind of told you i don't know if this is the perfect comp but kind of it's like a, a poor man's tito Vialba with just just because as a player who profiles in that very like fast aggressive direct kind of way and i think against pachuca we even saw a lot of the positives that can happen with this tandem where you know even if it's not down the middle but on that left half space area i guess uh if if uh ronaldo can get him behind he can you know square the ball over to somebody running into the box Mm -hmm. so i'm encouraged by it it's probably not like a long-term solution but it could work for now i dig cisneros because cisneros 
plays like he's faster than he is, <laughs> but he's still fast enough to make it work. Yeah. And there's effective parts of that, right? Because he does provide width. He does make teams worry about getting stretched in behind and everything like that, which is great when you play the ball in behind. Atlanta United, especially when they went up a man, really seemed hesitant to do that at times today. That was maybe my most frustrating thing throughout the game was their kind of hesitancy to take risk and to go over the top and to make Inter-Miami put their their faces towards their own goal and mm-hmm. start running mm-hmm. right it didn't really happen and it could have happened a few times uh i'd like to see that ball played a little more i'd like to see louise get in behind a little more because a lot of his game today was dropping deep and just running into space which he had a ton of and mm-hmm. Miami was missing their best defensive midfielder today and then their second best defensive midfielder got a red card 29 minutes in <laughs> so it, it did it did provide some space especially initially um but it got tougher as the game went on, right? Like Inter Miami, essentially went into a one four four, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and you just weren't going to find a ton of space. But even still, Atlanta was moving well. The rotations were there. They were finding triangles. They were getting on the ball, and they were playing passes that were varied, right? And, and finding space. And I would give a shout out to Emerson Hyman. I feel like he's a big part of what was making this team tick today. You know, just finding some of those balls out to the wings from that central area, you know, that you you would see the mm-hmm. channel, like you would see the pa- the the passing lane that he had and it was like, "Oh yes." And then he hits it. Like he hits the exact ball that I would have played if I was on a remote control up here in the press box, <laughs> you know. So, uh, <laughs> and he moves it quickly as well. He he doesn't like really dally on the ball, which I think is something that Mateus Rosetto has a tendency to do, which is frustrating at times. So, I would also give Hyman a shout out. I think to just go back to one more point on Ronaldo, he's one of the few players in this team that is very willing to make the selfless run that can create space mm-hmm. for other people, you know, which you just need. And Julian Gressel did that a lot when he was in Atlanta. Uh, Tito Vialba did it as well. Sometimes you just need that player who's going to run to push the line back a little bit that can open up those spaces for players like Luis or Joseph if he's dropping. So um, I thought that, it, you know, tactically, it can work. Um, and again, we'll just see how it we'll see how they, you know, play this, especially when Tiago Amada comes back. They don't have to worry about it for a couple of games, but it just seemed like it had a little bit when the team had more balance to me with yes. a profile of player like Cincinnati's in the team. So I told you I told you before the game that, you know, this might be something that happens where Atlanta United comes out with the one kind of central attacking midfielder and looks more balanced. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it seemed to be the case. It's the same thing we saw against like Cincinnati a, a few games back where Atlanta put up, I think maybe still their highest XG total. Yeah, of the it may year. have been. It, yeah. it could be close. I know they had a penalty there, right? But yeah. And a nil nil draw, right? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's a legitimate question to ask if they are just simply a better team with the one kind of more heliocentric central attacking midfielder to steal a, a Matt Doyleism, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm curious to see what decisions they make on that when it gets back i think i i'm still kind of thinking there's a world where andrew gutman gets healthy and you put caleb wiley as a winger yeah yeah and, he's looked good there uh, when he's played there early in the season exactly right yeah um it not only helps with your pressing it helps because he's just really damn good on the ball and he attacks space in a way that is direct and aggressive and forces defenders to have to make decisions yeah and he did that a few times. And he, and he makes those selfless runs as well. Hey, so Sam. So that's forward thinking. But Speaking, speaking of attacking midfielders, 
How many uh, how many dual attempts do you think Marcelino Moreno had today? Christ. Uh, I never know how they calculate that stat. I'm going to go 20. Well, he had 25, which is like as oh. many as I've ever seen, honestly. He attempted 11 dribbles. <laughs> <laughs> he was fine. He did the whole... He did the whole, um, what is it? It's the Jar Jar Binks thing where like, oh, he's doing the the martial arts where he looks drunk, but is actually like secretly a Sith Lord and like killing people intentionally. He did that multiple times yeah. today where it looked like he was about to fall over and face plant. But no, actually, he's he's running in and creating an opportunity. He was five for 11 on his dribble attempts. He was fouled six times and including the the tackle that got um Jean Mata sent off, so you got to give him credit for that, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I can't. Marcelino <laughs> Moreno is a flawed player. He's going to do some stuff that annoys you in every game, and he's going to do some stuff that is impressive in every game. And you hope that the impressive stuff outweighs the annoying stuff more often than not. It tends to. It tends to, but um, it's just the way he is. And I. He's a hard player yeah. to talk about because you can't just say he's bad. Like you can't you can't just point to the annoying <laughs> stuff because there's always good stuff to point to and vice versa. So he's just he's a duality, I guess. We're gonna have to put a moratorium on on Marcy talk, I think, for for at least like a couple more months, I think. Just because he is what he is. You could you have a debate about him about after every game. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Um, I, I think there's maybe a larger discussion to have again, like when Atlanta United does have the personnel, if it would be better off simply having Tiago Mata be the central kind of guiding midfielder, mm-hmm. the, the attacking midfielder, that number 10. And we'll get to that when we come to it. But for now, yeah. everything goes right today for Atlanta United. Rob Valentino gets yet another win. <laughs> I mentioned this to him. Uh, as we were walking out of the the press room today, oh, and he's like, "Nah, nah, it's it's, it's the team." He seems kind of like flustered <laughs> yeah. by it. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's like I love how like as soon as he takes charge of the team, like the team starts getting like the refereeing calls. I think that they they should have been getting sometimes in some of these games, and obviously mm-hmm. it's the reason why Gonzalo Pineda is, is suspended right now is because he was so fed up with the mm-hmm. with the refereeing. I thought the referee, I don't even know who it was, did a really good job in this game. We never talk about referees. I hate talking about referees, but um, I thought he did a really good job just like, you know, allowing play to continue, but then calling fouls back if he did see one. Uh, so good job. Great work. Great work, Lady United. Great work, Mystery Ref. Great work, <laughs> Joe Patrick. Let's get to a quick break before we get back into the show man this is the first one of these i've had to do in a while sam before we get back into the show we did want to remind everybody that this episode of five stripe finals presented by lucid fc that's lucid footwear and clothing lucid fc shop in buckhead is open by appointment and walk-ins 1 to 8 p.m daily it's located at 3 3209 paces ferry place in buckheads i believe that's behind the whole foods you can use dss season long uh for your promo code for free shipping in the united states whenever you check out at lucid fc.us that's where you can buy their clothes online and when you go there you will see the new lucid summer 2022 collection as worn sam by jack harlow i hear that that's a famous guy who's very popular famous guy uh there are new releases this summer from lucid fc every thursday on the web shop so just make sure you check them out every thursday at lucidfc.us if you go now they've got some just 
really cool looking stuff there. I was telling Sam, it's like stuff that I couldn't pull off, but I feel like more beautiful people than me could. We don't. It's we, stuff I'm working towards being able to pull off. We were having a discussion about this in the about you know the way that players dress after games. Caleb Wiley, perfect example. After the Pachuca game, he was putting on these really cool Lacoste shoes, and they were like tie dye and very like fashionable. Like you would wear them with like um, either shorts or like capris. You you wouldn't like want like pant legging go all going all the way down, right? Or like elastic something, you know, uh-huh. so you could like see the shoe. Uh-huh. But I I could never wear those shoes. But anyway, our listeners could definitely wear the Lucid FC stuff. So go to lucidfc.us and uh, make sure you use that DSS code at shipping for or at checkout for free shipping. Man, I barely got through that. <laughs> One day, Joe really Patrick, you'll be able to wear that stuff there. with with style, with grace, with panache, with joie de vivre, and be a, a homme pour trois saisons. Ooh. I promise. I promise. I promise, Joe Patrick. And I promise right now we're going to get to your questions. Baguette. Kurt Castle. Has the Kurt <laughs> Castle? What, what if a baguette, but, <laughs> but bigger? Kurt <laughs> Castle asks: uh, When Carlos sends Joe his dry cleaning bill, will he include oh, the yes. full suit he was wearing today, or just the shirt? Joe Patrick. Backstory. Backstory here. I accidentally spilled coffee on Carlos Bocanegra today. Got to the stadium. <laughs> At the same time, going up to the elevator, going up in the elevator, at the same time, Carlos and Gonzalo Pineda got there, which was also kind of funny seeing Gonzalo Pineda going up because obviously he would never be doing that unless he was suspended like he was today. And uh, Gonzalo, you know, gave me the handshake. And then Carlos had a cup of coffee in his hand. I didn't realize how full it was. And he was like holding his hand out to me, like to give him the fist bump. And it was kind of weird because at first I didn't know what he was doing, but I was like, oh, yeah, bump him. So I like. Dapped him and then coffee all over his, the cuff of his sleeve. So, um, but no, I'm definitely not paying that <laughs> that bill. <laughs> he said it was cool, so uh, I'm assuming that he said it was cool. Yeah, like, yeah totally. I was like, oh my, right. God. I was like, oh my so god, I'm cool. so sorry, I'm so Just sorry. I was like. <laughs> Immediately, just like, put Joe one more notch <laughs> up in his Atlanta United Media shit list power rankings and, and moved on with his day. Maybe it's good luck. I mean, maybe we should be maybe. dapping before every maybe game. Maybe we should know. be pouring coffee on Carlos Book and I drop before just every some, like, game. We'll talk to you. Him. Take the uh, we'll take like the coffee, you know, the big silver coffee jug that like gets there's, uh-huh. there's like two cups poured <laughs> out of it for every uh-huh. game and then like douse them like it's a Gatorade bath. We're, it, we'll work We're on really it. We're going on crazy it. now. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's look at this one from Kyle. My, it says, my dad said the game was like 2018 again. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, Kyle's dad. Is that an accurate statement? Who hurt, who hurt Mr. Soto? <laughs> who hurt Kyle's dad? Kyle's yeah, dad's been know, ex- experienced so much pain since 2018. He only wants one game of peace and i i mean he, he got a peaceful game i mean it was a it, i would i would say this it was like okay. an easy no stress win like one that would have been played in 2018 i think that's fair i think that's fair we, we didn't quite see the same attacking kind of verve i think correct and, and that willingness to take risks 100%, and 100 like that yeah yeah but the solidity was there which was encouraging it was like so kyle's it felt dad, like yes, oh, i can just sit back ways. and Relax and watch this team win. Yeah. At one point you said getting pretty sleepy here in the press box. And it was, <laughs> it was. because nothing was really happening. It was just, it was just pretty chill. Yeah. Pretty chill. Um, let's see. Joe Patrick, not chill. We didn't even talk about it, but Joseph Martinez looked good today. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Sorry to inject like an initial segment into, into question time, but 
he looks more explosive, I think, mm. than, than he has maybe in other games where he's been struggling. And I liked it. He jumped up for that ball toward the end of the game where he kind of came down weird on it. Uh, I guess on the TV broadcast, they were also kind of making a deal about like, oh, did he hurt himself when he came down? It looked like he just kind of cramped up when he came down and he like went to he asked for a gel pack from the LA United sideline. They threw one out and he just like while the ball was in play, just like downing a gel pack. Mm-hmm. Um, but both of us, me and Sam reacted. We were like, damn, that was a nice jump. <laughs> he kind of like got up and that was like late he did, in the he game. Got up. Um, he kind of jumped laterally at the same time, mm-hmm. too. I mean, it was just explosive. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was an impressive movement. And obviously he gets the goal. Yeah. And most importantly, he told us after the game in the locker room that he feels really good right now. Yeah. Yeah. He, and, he said he feels really good right now. And I could see there was a confidence to that that he hadn't had in past times where he's been avoidant about questions like that. Mm hmm. Um, so he's feeling good. He looks really good. You mentioned this the other day, Joe Patrick, but he looks fit. Mm-hmm. His waist is kind of slimmer. He just looks good. Yeah, he looks like <laughs> you know when you like you lose weight and you start like dressing nicer and like keeping your hair cut more <laughs> and like just like more yeah. self confident. Like that's how I feel like Joseph is right now. Um, just the on the goal, you know, I like that it was just like a counterattacking goal, and he's sprinting down the field in the 60th minute. You know, I think that that's a good sign. Just the yeah. the way that he was looking physically on that goal. Something that he said, by the way, that I appreciated was that he said that everybody's tired, which is good because it means we all worked hard. And that's something yeah, that I remember. Like after, like those when Tata Martino was coach the team would be like collapsing at the ends of games. And that's the way you have to play. And I feel like when Frank DeBoer mm-hmm. first took over, it wasn't quite like that. And when we talked to Jeff Lorenowitz, he confirmed a suspicion that I had, which was that when they kind of flipped that switch in that middle of that season in 2019, they started collapsing again <laughs> at the ends of games. <laughs> uh, and he said that, like, you know, it, it was that uh, a road game against LAFC in 2019 where he was like, yeah, like we were dead after that game. But we because like we we started putting everything into it instead of trying to keep stuff in reserve. So I think that was it was good for Joseph to say that I was actually encouraged. For sure. For sure. For sure. Uh were you encouraged by Ronaldo Cisneros? Asked Pierce. Pierce says, do we have any better options for left wing besides Cisneros with Almada out? Would you extend Cisneros or sign someone else for depth this summer? Remember, his loan is up soon. Yeah, Sam, I was going to ask you this. If you is, is there a change you could make or you would be interested in in, in the like in the starting 11? Like, is there a player? Uh, is there a player that didn't play in the game today? And again, let's assume Almada's out that you could like swap it. To me, there isn't like that's pretty much no, the best team. It. And I predict yeah. I tried to predict the team, which I got right before the game. But the only reason I got it right is because I feel like the team just kind of picks itself at this point. For sure. For sure. I thought the choice to go with Heinemann over Hasetsu was interesting. But I think it's the right one. Well, at yeah. This point. Yeah. Pineda All had right. mentioned he, um, he had said before that it was like. Uh, Rosetto just kind of feeling it a little bit. Uh, for sure. So uh, Rob mentioned that, too, that they were just trying to rotate guys in and everything like that. I'm not sure how long term Heinemann will be, but it could be a while. He seems to be kind of one of those glue kind of guys who who gets in there and just makes everything a little bit better. Uh, He's never going to be too flashy with it. Hosetto's been great this year, but I prefer prefer Heinemann. That's that's my preference. We'll see. We'll see as that kind of goes along. We need more data points on that. Mm -hmm. I think it's still early for Heinemann for sure. Right. Um, But yeah, no, as far as changing anything out, 
not really. When Gutman gets healthy, I am Wiley Winger curious. Mm, yeah, right. Definitely. Because I think that is such a fun thing to have on the left side with the work rate those guys have and the defensive ability and Gutman's ability to just suddenly pop up at striker. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a ton to think about on the left if you're any team. It's the one. It's the one thing I, I felt like Caleb Wiley is kind of rendered a little bit less effective by having a player who's direct pacey and vertical on that same side because that's kind of the mm. role that he wants to have as that overlapping fullback he was talking to you about this after the game today is like that's kind of that's his game like that is that is where he excels he did get into mm. some good space at times the the thing that's great about wiley is that he's also very good at doing the gutman thing about coming inside and being able to do some wacky fullback stuff as well uh as opposed mm-hmm. to always just doing the overlapping so uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't foresee any real major changes to this lineup. To be perfectly honest, to that point, real quick, Cisneros did a really good job of covering back a few yes, times, yep, and getting back to just essentially being that left back mm-hmm. when Wiley did get forward, uh, and it was good to see that kind of recognition and effort mm-hmm. from both folks, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, as far as extending Cisneros, I think you do it. I don't see why not at this point, right? He's been good enough. He's not, he's not amazing. He's not stellar. He's not gonna like light the world on fire or anything but if you're not really losing anything by keeping around for the rest of the season right and this is just extending to the end of this season yeah i would too i i can't see a player who would fit in better plus if you bring in a new player it's a new teammate everybody's gonna have to learn he's gonna have to learn the system you know all that stuff you everyone know seems to, to really again. like cisneros too. yeah they love him like the general vibe is good mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so you keep select you keep someone like that around mm-hmm. for sure for sure for sure uh can't use that Wonders if we're going to keep Rocco around. Seems like it's Rocco's job to lose now, at least until the transfer window opens. Maybe Emilda Hall uh, echoes a similar sentiment, says, what did you like about Rocco Riesnovo at goalkeeper besides making saves? Did he earn the starting spot? I, I think that was a pretty clear indication of what the plan is for the next little bit here, and it's it's Rocco's job yep. to have. Yep. And he did fine. Yep. Love him. He did fine. I love him. He, he was in good positions a few times. Slightly taller than I realized. He's like he's a little grown. bit taller than you and Doug. Still a young man. Yeah? Still grow. I don't know. He still is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but he, uh, he's not huge, right? But he's probably 6'1", 6'2", which yeah. can get the job done, yeah. right? Uh, he'll, he'll, his frame will fill out as well. Um, I so even I know he didn't have a ton to do today, but he still almost just seems like quicker in his reflexes. Just like he's quicker. He's more explosive. He... Very comfortable on the Isn't ball. Quite a, he's in his big. He's not a biggest body, right? right? But he was in good positions a few times. There were a few moments. The biggest, the biggest potential issue at one point was when he had kind of a shot lasered at him. To be completely fair, but he deflected it kind of back centrally, and it nearly led to an, an open goal mm-hmm. for Inter Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a laser. That's that's a tough ask. He was in the right position to stop it. That's all you can really ask for. Uh, his distribution seemed fine, except for a couple moments where he put some folks under pressure kind of unintentionally just by playing the ball to them and having them forced to make a really tough decision. Mm-hmm. But overall, pretty good. And if he has it for the next few games until the new keeper gets here, whose name I've already forgotten. Goudinho. Uh, that's fine. Goudinho. Thank you. We're all Goudinho. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, I think he's there. For I mean, Rocco, he he wants to take some risks at the back in terms of like making some of those passes. I, the I I like it. I mean, I like the the idea is that if he comes out far enough out of his own goal with the ball and kind of t- 
tempts the opponent into making a move to start closing him down and then he can move the ball to somebody else. It just sets off this chain reaction where that Atlanta United can take take advantage of um, and set up an attack. It's dangerous. Uh, I would go to my if you're kind of interested in how he was playing, go uh, check out my Twitter feed, Patrick 200 and just like look for there was an image I I took a picture of from the press box just to show how far out he is from his own goal when he's on the ball. It's like pretty, it's pretty far. And I feel like in the second half, they were like, Hey, don't go out that far (laughs) because he didn't seem to be coming out as far later in the game. Maybe that had to do with them being up a man as well and just not wanting to take those risks risks at that point. But I love what I saw today. I think he's a solid goalkeeper. For sure. For sure. For sure. A couple other solid folks were George Campbell and Caleb Wiley today. Football Veritas asked, did Campbell and Wiley play well or did Miami fail to attack on the side? Very surprised to see Yedlin holding back. Yedlin obviously forced to hold back just a little yeah. bit because of the red card. But altogether held quiet. Campana held pretty quiet. Uh, didn't have a lot of service. Obviously, Miami's plan was pretty clear. Attack from the wings, force Atlanta to defend crosses, the thing they've been bad at. This year, but the the ones that did come in were handled pretty well, and altogether, things went really well today for George Campbell, Alan Franco, Caleb Wiley, that whole group. Campbell only had one incomplete pass today, all day. Excellent. Uh, so that's really really good. Um, obviously, the thing I- again the ages back there, by the way, real quick. Rocco Rios Novos twenty, uh, George Campbell twenty, Caleb Wiley seventeen. Dude is seventeen. <laughs> Two thousand four birthday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. George was good, and uh, I think uh, and Franco Ibarra just turned twenty one. Like, that's right. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. no, no. Mm-hmm. Campbell just turned twenty, I think, too. Anyway, um, yeah, no. Yeah, it's impressive how how young they are and how good they are. Um, the thing I liked about Campbell and Alan Franco today is that they seem willing to kind of just step out and win balls uh, in midfield, just be aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you never know how much the the man advantage plays into that. Maybe they felt a little bit emboldened to do that because they had the advantage. But that's how that's how these guys kind of have to play, in my opinion, because it's their strength is playing in those situations. And I thought Campbell specifically had some really nice moments where he stepped in, won the ball, and then was able to quickly get it back up to the forward line and and create something in the attack. For sure, and when you can turn those moments and into chances and when you can act swiftly and take those high regain moments or what they're called and turn them into chances. That's a really effective way to go about your business. Yep. For sure. For sure. Uh, speaking of the younger guys, five takes on the five stripes is George Campbell and Caleb Wiley both have developed are developing into real top level talents. Results may be inconsistent at times with our club, but are the twos Academy player development consistently delivering? And why is the answer Yes, it's pretty good. I, I need to kind of sit down and kind of process like how it compares to some of the rest of MLS. It's not Philadelphia. It's not Dallas, right? But is it maybe in that kind of second tier or at least starting to maybe get there? I think we can talk about that at some point with some of the guys that are coming through, especially defensively, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I, I think maybe the next step is having some guys come through who can really contribute and attack. I know that's tough when the bulk of your DP money is going towards attacking guys, but I think it can happen soon. Maybe a name like Tyler Wolf could be someone yeah. who contributes like that. Eventually yep. he had a huge game the other day for the U 20s yep. scored. Uh, yeah. So I all considered, I really like the direction of where the Academy is going. Even when Jack Collison really gets pissed at the twos, like he did the other <laughs> he night. Really pissed. He was like questioning their manhood basically. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, I don't there's nothing that I can add that everybody else doesn't already know about these guys like George Campbell and Caleb Wiley. Um, obviously, excellent talents. I think that, again, it George Campbell is uh, it's crazy that he's only 20 years old. Like he in 2026, he's going to be 26 in his prime. He could very well be in contention for that U.S. World Cup team if he keeps progressing at, at the rate he is. I mean, he's younger than Miles Robinson ever was when he came to Atlanta United, and he's playing like almost at that level already. Hey, that's a great segue into this last question from Kurt. It says, which current Atlanta United players, including the season of all the academies, do you all think we might see the 2026 oh. World Cup? I don't think 2026. Anyone that's not Miles Robinson, I can't see anyone else at this point, but that 2030 World Cup? Here's where I'm at with Caleb, and I, I think he's going to be the guy from the academy and everything else that is like the guy, you know, mm-hmm. the one where everyone else kind of holds it up as like the first one to really, really make the jump. Not in the way that George did to a lower level kind of Buddhist league. It seems like really, really make a jump somewhere so like a top six Premier League team or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Per- perhaps something like that. Right. Um it's so early. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. <laughs> My goodness, man. He, he's, he's 17 he's years old and putting performances like that. Yeah. that that's special. I mean, that's special. I feel like he's already like league average left back in MLS. Oh, easily. You know, like, easily. A lot of teams would love to have Caleb Wiley as their starter. And he, I mean, he is mm-hmm. this team starter right now. Um, you know, I asked him about that and he was like, I can't, I couldn't believe, I can't believe that I'm in this situation right now, considering where we were at the start of the year where he was just getting his homegrown deal. We had no idea how much he was ever going to play. And now he's kind of the first choice left back. But I mean, he's proven it that he's the mm-hmm. first choice left back right now because he's going out there and proving it with his performances. So, yeah. And I just realized I did bad math on, on George Campbell. He'll be 24 when in the 2026 World Cup. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that might be a little bit early for him i think he might like he'll start to get u.s games like in friendlies after this world cup he'll get opportunities um depends on how much he takes advantage of them it'll be tough i mean he'll have to really improve from where he is now but i wouldn't count him out um i'm trying to think of like it's gonna just it's the u.s team is really improving it's It's like hard to see you know like in the past i would have said yeah like emerson hyman he could get in there but with the but then you look at the midfield of the u.s men's national team it's like is he better than Yunus musa or was it he's like nowhere near you know (laughs) so um right but yeah yeah just to i mean just to clarify my caleb stance being 2030 right he'll be 25 he'll be 25 and 2030 (laughs) so Damn he it. should. It, 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 progression is not linear. Or whatever. <laughs> blah 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 blah. He should be. He should be near that level at the very least. I think. Right. I'm maybe. so jealous of him. Maybe, maybe by 2026 we'll be near world class level as well, Joe Patrick. But we put in a pretty good shift today. Oof. Anything else you want to say before we get on out of no, here? No, just if you enjoyed this, if you're new to this, because we have taken a break here. Uh, good to be back with you, Sam. Um, check out Five Stripe Final on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Five Stripe Final where there's a ton more of this with some really interesting guests. Excellent. Good plug. Good plug. Let's get away and end it. Let's get out of here. Bye, y'all.
Thanks for tuning in, everyone, to this completely arbitrary internet content piece.